This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Detective Season 3, Episode 4, The Hour and the Day. It all ends in a Claymore mine shooting out the front door. Let's get in it. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Welcome, everybody, to True Detective AfterBuzz After Show. I'm Joe Sanfilippo. It's so nice to be here with you guys. I'm here, as always, with the lovely Julia Kierley. Hello, gentlemen. Hi, everybody. And Mr. Nate Miller. What's going on, guys? Nice to be back. Uh, ben Bateman is not able to be here with us today because he's doing very, very important things that involve airplanes, right? Sure. Indeed. Yes. And being dressed in, in suits. nice suits. Yes. yes. With, with, a, with a handkerchief. A, can- a handkerchief. Thank you. It's important. Suit. Uh, I, it's probably a really comfortable suit. Yeah. It's probably like a satin suit. Ooh. Yeah. Like a double-breasted <laughs> satin number. Yeah. We miss you, Ben. All right. Well, uh, we got us some T-Bone Burnett to get us started. Um, before we get anything else... Uh, impressions. What did you guys think of this episode, Julia Carley? This was heavy, man. Yeah. Oh, episode one, I was totally in, right? Of course, because it was phenomenal. Episode two and three, I was like, okay, we're slowly unpacking. I'm sort of getting a feel of, of how these timelines shift. But this was so solid and so fascinating and really a haunting Haunting episode. Yes. I'm, I'm, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm like giddy. Look at me. I'm ridiculous. Look at my cheeks. I'm giddy it. about this. <laughs> Mr. Miller, what did you think? Uh, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. We've been getting a lot of exposition in the last few episodes. This one was a, lo- a lot of big plot points and stuff was revealed to us. Um, but also, again, like as much as they answered a few questions, they they teased a lot more things too. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it, it looked really well too. Like the the cinematography in this episode, especially. Uh, I think there's a lot of really great frames. Uh, composition-wise. I agree with that, absolutely. And this was the one written by Nick Pizzolatto and David Milch, and it was directed by Nick Pizzolatto. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it, there were scenes that they really, I mean, they took their time. It went on for days, and there was no rush, and you didn't get bored, and you were unpacking. I, I enjoyed the pace of this way more than I thought I would, and I was, I was, telling, I was telling you guys after, I was like, ah, uh, I'm so in. I'm so, so like in it. now. Um, this felt like a movie, this yeah. episode. I was, it just Loving felt it. like a film. And, and now we're, like it, sounded like it. It, it, it was so well done. And then now we're in that great spot, like Nate said, where we've unpacked, uh, we, we're in, we've unpacked all the stuff. So we've got all the exposition taken care of, and now we can really get into it. I doubt that's no, true. No, that's really fair. That's really oh, fair. There's, so there's naive. A lot more. <laughs> you naive little man. <laughs> all right. Um, well, well, let's. We're going to hit this by timeline. Does that sound right? I so think we'll, that's the only way. That's the only way because we've got three timelines. So we're going to start in the eighties. Uh, we start out in the church with Priest Creepy, Father Von, <laughs> Father Father Barry Von Creepy, 
And uh, and 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 what did you guys think of that first? I mean, he's intentionally creepy, right? I mean, he's cast and. Am I crazed? I don't know if he's intentionally creepy. I don't think any more creepy than than, a, than an old uh, than that kind of Catholic priest trope in a missing yeah. in a missing case. Yeah, Murdered I mean, I feel like we are we are geared we might be to automatically yeah. suspect him. So you're saying I'm projecting? Yes. Well, I'm projecting I mean, they could have he the could have probably played it a little more. Ah, oh, but I mean, I don't know if that would have fit. Totally, yeah, it would not have right? fit tone. Right. Everybody's a suspect, right? Yes. So. Yes, and he is sitting, standing there in front of a bunch of kids, and he's the one who says, "I took all the kids' communion pictures," and we know that this was po- like Will was posed after his communion. So yeah, of course we are led to believe he's creepy, but I think that's as far as that's going to go. Yeah, he seemed to be so, very uh, uh, willing to help them too. So yeah, and he invited yeah. them into the church and all that. Although at the end of that, at the end of that congregate, at, at the congregation that following Sunday, though, he's, he's given that whole lecture. Uh, his whole homily was about how justice is not ours to give. However, having said that, please be nice to the Would detective. Would you mind lining up for some fingerprints? Yeah, right. That's true. That was <laughs> of your own volition? That's, that's cool, right? That was an interesting choice of, uh, of uh, there's a whole lot of scripture in the Bible, and they picked the one lines, like, uh, by the way, justice in the, uh, uh, what you call it, the, the police can't really do that. But having but said that. he did provide some some good leads. He led us to, what was her name, Patty Faber, who made yes. dolls. Patty Faber. He led Faber. us to the notion of Julie's aunt. What the heck is that? You know? Yeah, so, who's Julie's? We don't know we yet. Don't know yet. We know that Patty Faber is a dear good woman. A dear good woman, as I recall. And uh, I wish to be described as, <laughs> as a dear, dear good, good woman. woman someday. <laughs> Making creepy little dolls. <laughs> uh, so we, we go visit uh, uh, Patty Haber, like you said, and then uh, and then Patty Haber turns us over to uh, Dead Eye Whitehead. Right, we've got. Uh, <laughs> I, I know that those are my notes. That's terrible. Sam Sam, Sam Whitehead, Whitehead with, the dead with, with the dead eye. And uh, and then we get, I think, a very very charged and and uh, really interesting scene. What'd you guys think of that whole thing when they got over to uh, was it was it uh, I don't remember the name of the little town. It's a different little spot. Oh, Davis Junction, right? Oh, where Sam Whitehead lived. Yes, that was that was a pretty intense team uh, scene. Oh, what do you think? Other yeah, side of the tracks. I, I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was really well done. Um, it was again. It's nice to see that dynamic of of Hayes and Roland together and how they they you know they have a good partnership but they are different people and they have different experiences and especially in that scenario like Hayes is going to see it differently than Roland does and I think I mean obviously as we see in their discussion in the car like a a little bit of him was wondering like what did he really want was he going to shoot one of them Mm -hmm. you're like did you really feel threatened and and when what does that mean and that's I, I just really liked I liked how that scene played out because I didn't I didn't know what was going to happen, um, especially with this show it could have gone anyway, um, but to see it play out that way with that really tense emotional stuff and then them get in the car and decompress and have that conversation of of Roland saying like, you know actually I, I probably would have done something stupider if it were white men because I would feel more comfortable doing that because I, I'm concerned about how people would see me which is a whole nother conversation of itself, but it really speaks to the relationship that the two of them have and like how they kind of understand each other. And I, I really do think that Roland respects Hayes. Oh, tremendously. But I also am wary to trust Roland because I feel like Roland uh, is, uh, is going to look out for himself, is what I think. You think? But we'll see. I thought it was interesting, a fascinating thing to see the sort of 
race tables that we've that we've seen Hayes experience a lot in this this specific right. climate and this uh, specific location to see those tables turn a little bit and have Roland be just sort of be feel like the outsider like like Hayes sort of alludes to that right. you know he alludes to it a lot in the first couple episodes so it was it was an interesting choice interesting dynamic shift that might be one of my favorite scenes that that I've seen in the show because it was just it was everybody following their needs and it was from Sam Whitehead to 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 Hayes and 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 Roland to everybody in the neighborhood and I, I just love it's such good writing because you set up the you, you set everything up and nobody has to do anything that's unmotivated. The conflict yeah. is is built in. Yeah, the timing it just it felt really natural even though it was escalating and the dialogue was great. You get that great line of you know how do you how do you wear that badge? You guys, well, it's got, it's got, a, it's got yeah. a clip on it. <laughs> oh, so good. Very, Hayes is very matter of fact. I really I like. What that I really like what this episode did, um, and I know we'll we'll hit all the points as we go through quickly because I know we're. Short on time, right. but in, uh, how this—it's interesting to see how this case has impassioned this town and this community in different ways. Absolutely, all across the board. How how everything is heightened to the nth degree. Yes, for better or for worse, mm-hmm. man. Everybody's heated. Um, and and uh, so we're, we're we're moving on in the eighties. Uh, we next pick up. We got Tom. Uh, we got Roland rolling up to a shit kicker bar, and uh, and he kind of runs through. We don't really know what's going on, and then we find Tom in the back. Clearly, having been beaten on a little bit. Tom. Poor Tom. Poor Tom. He's oh my a rough God! Day. I just want to die. Isn't that what he says? Yeah. I just, I just want to die all the time. He can't be in his own home. Now, let me ask you guys this: Did was 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 that the bar? Was that his wife's bar? Was that his wife's? That boss? was the one that. Yeah. So his wife was screwing the owner of the bar. Yeah, and the that ones was, who called oh, Roland, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Insult to injury. Oh, presumably that's why he went over there. Right, yeah. to try and fight everybody. Yeah. Just he says he's a joke. Yeah. Oh, he's a fool. He's so dejected. Oh, my heart breaks Tom. for him a million times over. And his performance is so spot on. He explores that that had to hurt, man. You you don't you imagine leaving the filming every day. Tom had to leave just ripped up. Yeah. Can't you I mean like every day cameras I off. Mean, where's Rah. his relief? You know, he tries to go to work and he is told that he can't be there, that he's he's dangerous. He's a danger to everyone else. Right. He can't go can't go out. He can't go home. He can't he can't do anything. His hands are tied. It's great to see him in the future and, and how he sort of deals with that. But in this moment. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's why I don't like I mean, yeah, I feel bad, but also like he kind of he is a loser. Like it's not like oh people are calling him a loser. Like he is a loser. Like oh, it's such a rough thing. But yeah, <laughs> sorry. Like, no, it's rough, but it's yeah, true to be rough. I mean because he's an addict, and we see later when he gets his life together that he looks better. He looks much better. So luckily we know that that is going that way. But yeah, it's rough to see him in this position. I was really surprised at how compassionate Roland was. That's what I was going to say. We learned something about Roland that is, I mean, we, we heard about it last week when they were talking about, you you, right. you helped me out, you got me you got me cleaned up. But it's neat to see it all start, you know, mm-hmm. to see where it comes from. And this just makes me wonder more about Roland, like why, what is his motivation to do that? Because to me it's unclear. I don't, I don't buy that it's just, man, this is really sad, I have to help this guy. From what I've seen of Roland, I don't see that as a motivator. So you're saying this was the guy who wanted to shoot the fox and you know the the poor defenseless creature. Forgot about that. Yeah, maybe I don't know. So, so you guys think that Roland has an ulterior motive somehow or another? Just altruism doesn't doesn't fly. I mean, to skip ahead a little bit, like I I think there's a reason why 
he like I think other than just the fact that Hayes is black, I think there's a reason why Roland got promoted and Hayes did it. And there's a reason why when the AG comes in and dresses him as major, like, and they shit all over Hayes. Right. There's a reason why it happened that way. And I think, and especially in the way that they are interacting later, I just get a feel about him and and the way in 2015 when he talks about. When he talks to his son, and his son is like, "Are you, you really want to talk to him?" Like, right, something happened. There's something. There's something there. There's an event we haven't got to yet. Yeah, obviously. there's something off with him. I just don't trust him. It is so interesting when, they, when with these multiple timelines because, like you were saying about Tom, like we do see him in the future, so the pressure valve is off. So in a weird way, our empathy is, is for him in the eighties. That's what I mean. Muted. Yeah, but it's there's also more understanding on it too because you yeah. see that he makes a turn, so you can right. you, you don't dismiss the. It's very interesting. Or I you mean. both just have cold, cold hearts. I oh, feel for Tom. We okay. could just have a couple of lumps of coal in our hearts. Um, <laughs> let's talk about our first date, Amelia. I don't know if it was our first date, but it seemed like the first good dinner, uh, right? Maybe yeah, first with Amelia fancy date. and Hayes. It was fancy. Well, I think that, I mean, regardless of which date it was, I think that one is really important because we see Amelia attempt to ask about the case again. Mm. Mm -hmm. And he, like, initially shoots it down, not wanting to, like, talk about it. And, I mean, for one, the big red flag to me is, that reminds me of when she hit on the cop guy later. And so I'm like, what, how far back does her interest in this case go is that why she's with him now? I mean, she was the teacher, so she was connected to it, but it just struck me as weird. Well, they keep on alluding to the fact that she was a wild child, and she right. has this sordid past, and she doesn't really talk about it. She got into trouble. I was kind of a mess. This scene made me not like her very much. She's and, you got, know, I, yeah. I have some like, notes. Some I was stuff. like, oh, this is her foreplay. She gets off on this sort of thing. And that moment when she, in the very beginning when she starts to bring up the case, case that you just talked about, and she goes, I'm sorry, I shouldn't put, bring your office home. I wrote down, that's rich. That's right? all you want to do is bring the office home. That's what your entire relationship is built upon but, is this one but, case. But hold on. But the way that he wrote that, right, as soon as it got, okay, she's like, okay, my bad. I'm not going to do that anymore. And then they start talking a little bit more. They go down a little more personal line. And then it gets uncomfortable for a second. And Hayes brings it right back to the case. So, <laughs> I mean, that might but be their dynamic. Because, yeah. And that's, and that's what I was going to say is, like, that's funny you said that because I – I actually found her really interesting in that scene, the, especially before, like, the, the in-between where she's like, all right, we won't talk about it, when they're, like, flirting. I thought that was great. Um, but when he goes back to the case, he would he'd rather talk about his job. He'd rather talk about the case than talk about himself. Well, now, I think he knows point. that it turns her on. Oh, I wonder. Do you? Okay, well, maybe that could be, but I think it's she more. She was getting suggestive in that dude, date. there was some underlying, like, Underlying? I thought it was but pretty damn <laughs> But they weren't talking about the case at that point. They were talking about themselves. Right. And it brought him out, and it made him more comfortable to talk about it. But as soon as they got to the point of actually talking about themselves, he shut down. And brought it back to the case. He literally said, I don't, I I don't, I don't. Like, she asked him, do you have a lot of girlfriends? He's like, no, I see women, but it never turns into anything because I can't share myself. So basically what we see is the reason why... Ten years later, they're having this argument about their relationship and how they don't share with each other, and all is because they're that's what their relationship is built on is them ignoring the reality of things. And I mean, this case, like literally, them talking and bonding and ignoring the problems so they can talk about this case. Well, again, again, that we we look at. I love that split timeline because you really do see the dynamic begin, and then you see it in the middle where it's been going on for ten years. But um, but one thing I thought was really interesting about that scene. Uh, is, is what Hayes said. Basically, he says he says I have a mental 
disorder, right? I have a mental dysfunction mm-hmm. where I have to. He, I think, and if I understood it right, he's basically saying I can't just, I can't have, I can't screw without without a relationship. This is something I need. That's Isn't that what, what he was basically well. saying? Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that the guy has that the guy is saying that to the girl, like, look, this is how I am. I don't know. You, you're clearly a wild child from California for a hot minute, but this is where I got to be. Like, I got to be in this spot. But but again, brought it back to what he felt comfortable with. And that's that's what's broken in him, right? Because he's like, I want to share myself with you, but I don't really want to share myself with you. As soon as I get uncomfortable, I get nervous, and then I got to go back to ground that I understand, which is in this case the case that we. Is that am I am I reading that right? Yeah, no, I I mean that's that's how I got it too. And that is that he wants he wants someone to be vulnerable with. He wants someone to build a life with and have all these things that he thinks is going to make him happy. But he doesn't really want to talk about why he's not happy. He doesn't really talk want to talk about the things that he's gone through, the things that he's like literally in the war and stuff like that. Let alone the whole work and case stuff. And he, I think, I mean, it seems like that's how I read it that he's like scared to show her. And so it's it's easier then to talk about, you know, in that moment of like. Well, shoot, now we're sitting here awkwardly, and I really like this girl, right. and I don't know what to say, and I don't really want to talk about myself. Hey, what does she want to talk about? So anyways, back to the case. Back to the case. I'm on which firm is like, ground. Which is how we met, which is right. how we got to this point in the first place. I'm on firm ground with the case. I can talk about cases all day long. Cases don't have emotions. Cases are cases. But I want emotions. That's, that's the, it's the torn up of haze. pull there. Yeah. Um, after dinner, we got Amelia and Lucy. Uh, we got Amelia and Lucy thrown down a little bit. What an interesting scene. Amy Groomer, man. She man. really let it all out. I oh. love her. I've always loved her. Oh. Comes from good so, stock, that one. So phenomenal. Jules, lead us up. What did you think of that scene? Um, I thought it was so charged emotionally mm. um, and visually. I, I mean, everything from her, from uh, Lucy's demeanor, the way she was dressed, what we heard before she, uh, before Amelia enters the room, until she basically kicks her, kicks her out. The whole roller coaster that we went on was so fascinating, and I was trying, and I was reading so much into it. She dropped down a lot of really, uh, really cryptic uh, lines, yeah. and really, what it boiled down to is that she was sobbing that she has done terrible, terrible, terrible things. God forgive her. How could she turn away? Or, or what kind of woman hates? the only thing that's ever showed her love and that she has the soul of a whore. Soul like, of a whore. Woof. <laughs> I mean, that is some deep <laughs> shit to spit out. She is guilty. <laughs> she is. She's she feeling, did something. She did something. She's some involved. Stuff. I don't know how. I don't know what. Oh, that's she interesting. I feel like that was coming out. Something. She knows something. She, or she they're, they're allowed like, access she, to her children or something. I mean, we can say most of that for predictions, but... Sorry, I blurred it out. She did something. Wow. She's guilty. So you guys don't feel that that was just mom who's messed up? No. And, no, you think that's related she to She literally this. says that she hated being a mom. She hated having kids. She hated the home life. She and The thing that loved her most is she felt nothing for because she has the soul of a whore. She wanted to go party and do heroin and, you know, do crazy stuff. She didn't want to do that. She never wanted it. So, you know, to skip ahead, my headcanon is she made some deal with someone who was like, hey, we can give her daughter a great home. She even says the oh, line in the think- note, she says uh, kids yes. deserve to laugh. Yes. There's no right. laughing here. Oh, Children no. should laugh, right? Oh, Flippo, you ignorant slut. <laughs> I didn't pick up on that at all. There's something yeah, there. And then, and, then that, and then she got all mad after she got guilty and then it was like Get the f out of my house! Oh, she yeah. did. That's like that's you, shame one hundred and one right there. I'm with you. 
That that's good producifying right there. That's 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 solid <laughs> producification. Uh, all right. So well, I didn't pick up on that at all. I'm, I'm so busy going. Oh, so, she's just so sad. You're only like, no, oh, she's sad. Flip. Plus, oh, you're so cute. Oh, I know. You're lucky. You're handsome. Oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> don't I mean, man. in, in the 1990 Jesus. timeline, we find. I mean, we knew that she died in Vegas two right. years before 90, so in 88. Mm-hmm. 88. Um, we didn't know what, but now we found out that it's OD, and they said somewhere outside of Vegas. Yeah, so. yeah. And anywhere outside of it Vegas is not good. Does yeah. that sound like Bunny nah, Ranch to right. you? So sounds <laughs> like somebody who has guilt of uh, <sighs> causing a child's death that they could never get over. I, I feel I feel like I just I feel like I saw my parents screw. You guys just ruined everything <laughs> for me. I, I, oh, this, this, is, this is deep now, man. Re- really quick, one thing I think that we was at the start of the episode that I think we kind of forgot we, to mention we was, was just just the the theory that they had been talking about in the car, Wayne and Roland, about um, that it, it, it was always about the girl and that the and, boy's and, death was an accident right. and that they never really wanted him. So this all again, and that plays kinda, in. Always about the yeah, girl. Yeah, so, I mean, if, oh, if if the plan was just to give the daughter away or something, because that's what the new aunt or whatever wanted, this kidnapper person, right. and then somehow accidentally Will was killed, I mean, aside from already feeling terrible for being a terrible parent, like, that's probably even worse, right? So, yeah. Oh, man. Okay, and, and I'll, I'll, play, I'll play along. So if something, if when Lucy was a kid, her mom wasn't around, maybe dad had some feelings and did some things he wasn't supposed to do and maybe Lucy sees maybe th- is nervous that Tom is going to do something like that maybe to... there is something about Tom I don't know interesting I feel like he might be a red herring oh man all right well this is getting deep okay yeah um and then the, the final thing that happens not in the Tom. 80s not to, we love Tom we do all we right. love Tom and his misery we and his pain. We don't love anyone in True Detective, let's right. be honest. I know, I know. Everyone's no one is, true, is trustworthy. Uh, until they want us to like throw them under the bus. We're, we're, we're supposed yeah. to love them. Um, all right, well, let's get into the last biggest thing that goes on in, in, in 1980. Uh, Woodard and the kids and the Claymore mine and the ambush and what looks like a very big explosion. I'm a little disappointed that they cut it out. I thought for sure that we were going to get like a... A shootout with some like explosions or something. Oh, we did. We got well. We know the Claymore well, we went heard off. An I mean, explosion went to black. Well, look, that's a directional. That's a directional mine. That's an anti-personnel directional mine. So it's in that sign that says "point this toward mm-hmm. enemy." That's not a nice thing to point at anyone. <laughs> I don't want to be enemy. I just want us. I want to see it. I think I we're going to we see will. it. I, I hope so. I think I we got think, the. Tease. I just wanted to see it now. No, no. <laughs> right now, right now. Uh, I I thought that whole thing was I, you know again that's why I say about good writing I love that when everybody's just going after their wants and their needs and you've set the table right nothing feels unmotivated like though it's the second time those guys have found him talking to kids number one mm, you get watered you got it come on man if you're in a small town stop fucking talking to kids do you think he talked to those girls on purpose knowing that that guy was going to be watching him do you and I, then he just took off running no. like he knew Look, I Jules. I don't know. No, because then he wouldn't have left the cans. He would have had a plan to take the cans. So you're saying, oh, no, that's my point, though. Two cents a piece. Two cents. I think it was worth it to blow all those suckers up. I think if he's out there collecting cans for two cents. I don't know. He oh, was, you he think was it was a setup? Ready. I think he was oh so ready for this. He talked to those girls knowing that that whatever dude's name is, white dude was watching him. And then he took off running and he was ready for him. That's an interesting. That's an interesting way to see it because I was seeing it like, okay, he just clearly had decided, like in a, like weird, like stubborn. I don't. I'm not changing my way of doing things for you people. Yeah. And but in the meantime, had kind of set up 
well, if something does happen, though, I'm good for it. I don't know. This well, girl I mean, just he... happened to be in the line, uh, side, line side of that guy. I don't know. It could go either way. Either way, someone's getting blowed up. Blowed up good. <laughs> blowed up good. Blowed up real good. So, so you think it was intentional. You think he laid a little bit of a trap. He's pissed. He ran fast. They beat fast. the shit out of him. He knew exactly he where to go. Fast. He knew the route he was going to take. Mm. He beat him there. Took off his shoes. All right, so you think it was a plan, but Nate, you don't think it was a plan. I don't. No. I don't know about that. You think it's far-fetched, huh? I think you might be, you know, I could be wrong. Could be wrong. I could be wrong. It's happened before. I feel like... I had some wacky predictions in the past. <laughs> I feel like Werder's a good guy. I feel like he's just a little weird, and I, I think he just wants to collect cans to recycle them, and is not going to be, like, scared of these guys. You know, he he grabbed the guns last time. He probably set the booby traps up right away, you know? I don't know. I think it's more of him being shell-shocked and still and being like, you know, you want to fuck with me? I've right. I've got I'll kill I'll kill you, like, you know, kind of a thing. So, and it's just easier to get away with if it's at your house. So, I mean, maybe maybe it's just I don't know. Didn't wasn't he watching with like binoculars? I don't know. Was it, I didn't window? I didn't notice binoculars. Oh, no, no, the guy, re-watch. the guy was looking. The uh the, you're talking about name. the red redneck darkbeard guy. Chet, Chet, redneck, darkbeard guy, the leader of the uh, of the pack. Yes. Okay. All right. Boom, boom. The neighborhood, the neighborhood watch. <laughs> all right. Well, let us know what you guys think uh, on on the comments and all that good stuff. If you think he was, if it was a plan, or if you think he was just rolling with it. Um, before we move on to our next topic, we just want to say thank you guys for making us the ESPN of TV talk. Uh, for us to continue to grow, we could use your help though. If you're on YouTube right now, hit that thumbs up button and subscribe. And if you're on iTunes, please give us. How many stars do we like, Jules? We uh, like uh, I think it's five. 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 Is it five? Nate, I really five, like five. 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 Um, and but no matter where you are, leave us a comment so you can get involved in the conversation. Um, being part of AfterBuzz TV has meant so much to all of us. We truly appreciate you guys supporting us, doing what we love, getting us getting to enjoy some of this uh, some of this fun with you. And don't forget to tell your friends and keep on enjoying our shows. Yes. So, the nineties. Things are exciting in nineteen ninety. I think the first scene we see in the nineties is uh, is the big the big fight scene with Amelia and Hayes. Mm. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, the first one is yeah. That's one, yeah. You're right. What are your impressions on that, Nate? What do you think? Um, have you been married before? I have not. I, luckily, I have avoided it. <laughs> um, I have uh, I've been marriage-free for, uh, for a while, yeah. Consistently marriage-free for the entire of his life. Um, it was interesting. It was an interesting peak, especially after the last, you know, interaction that we saw of them in the 90s of, of you know, him kind of going out at her uh, it was interesting to see her be like, well, you still haven't apologized and, you know, bring up all these things which explain. I mean, they all sound it, like it makes sense when you think about what we've seen for the character. But, again, it's also nice to get more depth from a character who, you know, knows him and has been married to him. Um, for me, it was, a, uh, you know, my I, my parents got uh, were married and then got divorced after years of fighting. And I remember... You know, being the kid, you were the kid watching, watching TV. TV, turning the TV up while your parents are fighting. Oh, upstairs. me too, uh, man! I remember that shit. Um, but yeah, it was just—it's the set design of that show is so weird. It's just so perfectly nineties and like yeah, 90s. It and it suits. has to be so that when they switch, you can like tell other right. than like the other haircut, haircuts. Like, yeah, but man, they just did a great job. But I don't know. I really, I really enjoyed it, and it, I, it ended in a way that I was not expecting. Um, yeah, but, but I think again that also speaks to their relationship that they don't. 
they don't they're not dealing with these issues they like keep bubbling up and becoming a problem and then they just kind of have well, sex and well it's it. just like Amelia in the very first date if I can't talk about the uh, the case I'm gonna make it sexy talk right, right. just it saying would, if yes. I, I'm just I'm gonna make it sexy then that's what yes. I do yes what do we do we fall back to where we feel comfortable yes. confident and in control now I don't know how you felt about that scene. We've been married. Well, we've, we're not married, but we both have been married. Two separate people for yes. a long time. L- many, many moons. Many moons. Although you were at my wedding, I was. Yeah. I remember Santa Barbara. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yes, it was. Anywho, that fight felt very real to me. Yes, not that it I work did. Crazy gruesome cases by any means. I do watch crazy gruesome cases. Uh-huh. But it felt very real when you're fighting with someone who you do love really really love and you say hurtful things but you don't want to say the hurtful things but they come out kind of eloquently because you, you really you, feel them and they out, have to know yeah and it's been bopping around in your head it for a been. while and before you, it pops out yeah. yeah it doesn't usually pop fuck you that's i mean that's your first year of marriage but then after a few <laughs> years in you do get good at finding like you can mm, the things yeah, and they're truthful things. They're not petty things. They're, no. They're real-life things. The, well, no, but what's what What good is the fight if it wasn't real stuff? I mean, that then in that case, it's just a bicker, and who cares? Th- this was a good fight, and, and I agree with you that when as soon as she gets, as soon as she gets uh, uncomfortable, feels out of control, you know what? Let's just, drawers come down, let's just screw. That was wild to me. That is, uh, that is uh, not how we do things in my house. But, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no. I'll show my wife. Maybe it's a great way. idea. I don't know. Maybe they're um, onto something. Yeah, it's not a bad look. They figured out how to talk we'll afterwards. We'll try that next time. Um, I, love- I will say it's the first time I feel like we really saw Hayes have strong emotions. Yeah, and that's not yes. just in his eyes, not subtly, just entire full body, full face, full head emotions. And they bounced, and they, you know, well, here's what I, what I think was so... We talked about this last week a little bit. He's feeling that inadequacy and that uselessness, right? He's not making as much money as he wants to make. He's not in the unit he wants to be in. He's been sidelined. All that has been grating on him. And he's, he's complaining about that to her. And she says, you're, you're a grown man with no agency of his own? Ooh. That's an amazing line. Like, life is just happening to you? You're not in charge? It just is falling in, on your head? I thought that was brilliant. And and, uh, and uh, like like you said though, as soon as she's out of hand, as soon as she's uncomfortable, she wants to go to sex. He wants to go to a case. She wants to go to sex. I mean, it's it's an interesting dynamic, and that can last a whole marriage. It turns out. So far, so good. So far, so good. <laughs> if uh, it ain't broke, right? And I did love the kids though, man. That's like you were saying, Nate. That's how I grew up too. Same thing. Oh, mom and dad are at it again. Although we never heard the. Yeah, I, I believe it said rhythmic banging on the, <laughs> the, on the close caption. I missed that. <laughs> rhythmic banging. <laughs> Ah, so good. All right. Um, now that next scene, though, is interesting because I, I believe we have Attorney General Kent and uh, a major, and I do not remember the major's name, but he had a lot of uh, tassels mm-hmm. and uh, and cords and and shiny things on mm-hmm. his shirt, uh, which seemed very impressive. Um, they sit down with uh, with Roland and with Hayes, and they're going over the purpose of this new inquiry, and uh, and and that was that was a pretty. Uh, that was pretty flat, right across the uh, right, right, uh, right across the middle uh, delivery there, wasn't it? Pretty straight to the point. Yeah, we're we're doing this because um, you're going to prove that everything that happened ten years ago is, is correct, and that's it. That's the whole reason we're What's doing up, this. Full conviction. Yep. yep. And uh, and if you guys do a good job, I can see a spot for you, Hayes, over there at Major Crimes again. And if not, <laughs> probably yeah. going to get worse. 
This is just another uh, another hint at corruption, obviously, at the, at that's larger at play, especially because the last time we saw Kent was in the 1980s timeline when he was just the uh, head prosecutor. Uh, and even later in the 1980s timeline, we see him on TV talking about the case, using it as a pub- publicity thing right. because we know that he is going to be running What's a for here? attorney general. So, yeah, another great line. People seem to be using this case to their own devices to further their careers, their sexuality, their relationships. Uh, Across the board, I feel like people are using it as a device from to get from point A to point B. Everybody uses everybody. Is that (laughs) uh, is that staying alive or so? Is Saturday Night Fever? What is it? I don't remember. Staying. Oh, that is staying alive. That's my favorite movie. Everybody Everybody uses uses everybody. everybody. Oh, she's fantastic. (laughs) Oh, um, I watched it the other night. It's so good. I watched it a million times. Oh, look at us go off the rails. Oh, uh, um, okay, so, so, uh, so, AG Kent and the major make very clear to Roland and Hayes that this is all about proving the 1980s is legit. That, that everything we did in '80 was right. And then they. But leave. also, I mean, as we see by the Donahue performance, it's it's about ensuring his legacy, of course, intact too, which is why he gets so crass and like so direct, so blunt, yeah. Hayes. yeah. Because right, right. If you His if you station. say this right, if you say this wasn't true, then I've been attorney general based on a lie and a, and a bad case and, and a bad conviction, of, which, was, which was his case because he's the prosecutor. Absolutely. Yep. So that would have. Oh, so the implication is that there is is a cover up, which right. means that they did something. Whether that's just they pinned it on the wrong person and they tampered with evidence or something to make that. And we don't know if that's the case if, or something. If that's the kid uh, with the purple uh, uh, bug, if it's purple bug kid, or if it's or if it's Woodard that that wound up going up for it, we don't. We're still we're still unclear, or right? Someone else, or somebody else, we don't could know, be. Yeah. or somebody completely different. It could be or Patty, uh, Sam Whitehead. Yep, could, could be, be Sam. Yeah, they go back, and it could be uh, uh, what's your name, Patty Faber, who's a dear good, <laughs> the dear, dear good, good woman. woman. <laughs> just you never know. She didn't make the dolls. She did. She, she's sitting there in jail making dolls. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Well, in the eight weeks, we have some more task uh, task force stuff in the eighties, um, and we we kind of like have a moment where Hayes asserts himself as a part of this and reminds Roland, uh, maybe. And this is interesting, right? It's 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 that it's that power dynamic, how power shifts. Like in in the eighties, they were uh, you know Hayes was the lead detective, and Roland was his partner, and now Roland's heading up the task force. Hayes is just added on because Roland begged for him to be mm-hmm. there. And you know, at that first, that first, I don't call it a squad meeting or a task force yeah, squad briefing, meeting. whatever task you want to call it. Um, Hayes is kind of trying to assert a little bit, like, like, hey, and and it's and it's an interesting spot he puts Roland in, right? He's kind of coming up and and trying to make sure that everyone knows who he is and what you know what, what his agenda is, and and then Roland's got to kind of navigate that, right? Yeah. I, you know, I want these guys to respect you and I want they, them to look to you, but at the same time, it's my task force. But he also, it doesn't seem that, that Roland can do it without Hayes. Otherwise, he wouldn't have needed to bring him back. It seems like they need to go through this together. But, yes, he is in the more powerful position. So you're, you're right. It is a new navigation. I do enjoy power dynamics. I love, I love them when they, when they shift. You're like, oh, that's so interesting. Um, well, then we, then we cut through to that footage at Walgreens, right? We've got, uh, we've got Hayes basically going through seven days of footage, right? Very slowly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't know Tediously, if there's any... if you will. We, we, we own a commercial building, and we have uh, cameras all around, and we've had some things happen occasionally. And it is... I had no idea, because you see it in the movies, and you're just like... It did usually cut a couple times, you know, and the guy's having coffee, and then later on, he's clearly having more coffee, and, and then we figured it out. 
looking through that shit will make you nuts. Have you ever had to do it? Yeah. No, have you? Oh, yes. It's That's what I'm saying. It's horrid. What? I have so much more respect for these moments. Because somebody tagged up, though, at, at one point on the building, and, and I was trying to figure yeah. out if we had a good shot of him. And uh, we did, but it took forever. And we knew it was like a two-hour window that he could have done it. Yeah, but it's still long. Long. Two hours is a long time. Oh, and he's doing seven days. It takes dedication, man. And he doesn't even really know... What, what she, she looks, looks like. like. Yeah, you're just going off maybe, what, a feeling? A or a 10-year-old photo. Around the same, same age. So how old would she be at that point? 14? 22, 21. What, was she 11 when they, when she got kidnapped? 10, or, 10, I think. They were 10 I and 12, right? I think she right? was 12, yeah. Oh, was so she? I think it's 22. Okay. I thought I wrote it down. I thought she was 10 and he was 12. I may have it wrong. I've been wrong before. It's happened. No. <laughs> I know it. I know it. She's it's in her early what? 20s. So she would be in her early 20s. Yes. Yes, in the Walgreens. We're all at the corner of healthy and happy uh, on aisle seven or five. Um, so there were so that's pretty much what we see of the '90s, and uh, then we cut up to uh, to 2015. And again, I've said this before: 2015 Hayes is my favorite Hayes. I love uh, 2015 Hayes. He's got some stuff. Um, so we start off with uh, with with the uh, with the scene in uh, in the in the what you call in the police station where we learn that Henry is the new detective Hayes. Yep. Little chip like off it. the old block. I like it. The cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. <laughs> I hate his mustache. I kind of do too. Yeah, it's, it's just not my favorite. Too perfectly circular. There's a lot, it's like a lot a of grooming. Perfect half circle. Yeah. It's just like too much. Too clean. Too much. Mm. And they shoot him weird too. They got to yeah. shoot him down. They shoot yeah. up his nose. It's kind of rough. Yeah. <laughs> like we know he's big. Don't shoot up his nose. That seems mean. What'd you guys think of that scene? I loved. Again, we were talking about power dynamics. I love watching them shift and. Uh, I, and the, the, I'm, we're dealing with this in my family. My dad's 89, and he just retired, and he's kind of trying to figure out retirement. And uh, and it's it's interesting because the, the power shift is a real thing. And now you're trying to talk to your dad in a way that's, and you guys are dealing with it in a whole other way. Yeah. Goodness, yeah. I, I do. I get a kick out of it. I think Nick Pizzolatto did that just right. I feel like that dynamic, the gentleness, and the, I'm going to do it for you. But come on, you can't you can't be just rolling. Come on, Dad. What? What? Come on. And Dad's playing it out right too. And I understand the frustration that Henry has been feeling, although I think it goes deeper than just his dementia or Alzheimer's, but when you are dealing with someone who is uh, a family member who is going through that sort of uh, uh, mental decline, it's a difficult position to be in. You're part parent, you're part child, you're part placating. Your part supporting, and it's, it's impossible and it's tiring. I can speak from experience. Yes, you can enough of that right <laughs> what'd you think Nate you like that dynamic yeah um I kind of had some suspicions that he was a police officer just based off the first two episodes there's also a scene where we see him you know getting in his car and his car has like one of the police lights on it so that was kind of the big giveaway um I, I totally missed God. that I was like oh he's a cop great oh he's a detective no idea um it was interesting though to see you know I, I just I kind of get I'm getting annoyed though at them like every time somebody asks old Hayes like you're not investigating the case again are you yeah, he's like no that. I'm not by the way here I am investigating right. the case it's like come on so I don't know I'm curious to see how this is playing out with him asking about the names um, I mean I, I feel like he's going to find Roland and then that's going to be interesting his reaction to him asking to find Roland it's like oh you want to find that guy says a lot about yeah something Roland, whatever I went think. down so I don't know. I, th- I feel like it's still too early to tell. Uh, I, I'm really curious about his um, 
relationship with the director lady mm-hmm. because there definitely yeah. seems to be something going on there. Uh, uh-huh. And I... he's married. Who, Henry? Yep. Yeah, he got yeah. a ring on that finger. Sure that was prominent. Yeah, we saw his wife. We did, did we? We did. Yeah. And kids. And kids. And kids. And uh, and we also saw her hotel room with, with two glasses of wine. And I think Hayes. that people are underestimating Hayes, and he probably wants it that way. You know, yes, he is. Uh, he is losing time and f- popping up in new spots all the time. Right. But he also sees a lot because people discount how much he sees. Yes, he still is who he is inherently, and he's a tracker, and he is he is ever observant. So he knows when he saw those two, two glasses, glasses of wine, wine, and then he. Asked uh, asked Henry if he had seen Eliza lately. Uh, yeah. Asked Eliza, maybe you shouldn't tell Henry about this. You know Henry. You know if you tell, you, you know my son. Do you know that? Big guy, circular mustache, <laughs> almost perfect. They shoot up his nose Hard a lot. To miss. Yeah, I, I think you're 100 percent right. I, I would bet 200 bucks that Henry was in that closet breathing real quiet mm-hmm. when Dad came through in the uh, in the old hotel room, which is where we're at now. So so you liked? What did you think of that hotel room at scene? What do you what do you think of Eliza? What is your thought on? I, I don't quite. I, I, I thought. I mean, my prediction a couple weeks ago was that she was actually Julie. I don't know that that's time. Time wind yeah. doesn't kind of. Was she, nice for a minute. To I know. Think about I know. I thought. Fun. Yeah, that the kids were younger. But um, what are your thoughts on Eliza? What do you feel about? She, it's, I don't trust her. Something's off. Yeah. I don't know. I don't she know. has a lot of information about the case. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, she, it's interesting it's, that she wants to. That they're going to do this kind of quid pro quo that she knows so much, but she still needs to get so much information from yes is it kind of reminiscent that relationship that henry and eliza might have that um that hayes and amelia had with this uh with this this common ground of this uh case that sort of is sort of foreplay this case brings out the sexiness for some reason in everybody these purcell kids just bringing folks together (laughs) you know uh nothing like a good kidnapping slash murder to make everybody warm and fuzzy so you, uh, that's interesting. No. Yeah, history doth repeat itself. I, I don't know. Wait, two glasses of wine. You, I think anyway. I think we all agree on that. Um, and we find out from her about Dan O'Brien, who yeah. uh, the cousin with the people, people cousin, people Dan, uncle, people Dan, people Dan. So people Dan uh, is in a quarry, right? Yeah, uh, in a drain quarry. quarry. All right. And uh, so we got, and then of course we've got the hallucination scene, which was crazy, and 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 we don't have much time to delve into it, but. Um, uh, real quick, um, first off, thoughts on the hallucination scene, and then am I the only one that saw a dude in a suit? There was a dude in a suit was that a yeah. was not wearing, uh, he was not dressed as Viet Cong. Yeah. He was not. His head was decidedly I mean, down. I saw that as it was ghosts of people that he's That's killed. That's what I'm saying, was yeah. the implication, and then to see that there's somebody that he didn't kill during the war. I, it didn't resemble anybody that I we've seen, I think, unless I missed it. Right. Uh, I don't know. I need to watch it again. So we can all assume yeah, pretty, that, yeah that he killed those Viet, those Viet Cong guys or people he killed, and then who's the dude in the suit? He also seems strangely comfortable with them yes. being there too. Like he's been like talking he was to them like a ad- minute, right? Addressing them and yeah. like kind of like touching them and like Stop. pushing Shut them up. away. You're and nothing. he touches that guy too. Yes. So and for know. a second, like in a meaningful. Ooh, like a meaningful yeah. haze way. That that scene gave me gave me some goosebumps. Oof. That I, and I'm glad that we've addressed the the Vietnam part of him a little bit more. And I understand that his timelines are fluid, of course. But for someone who his life is forever changed by this case, when you think someone's life would be forever changed and haunted by right. Nam, but this is haunting him more. 
Um, I, I, I cannot wait to see how deep and dark this sucker goes. Uh, all right, well, let's get into it. It's time for AfterBuzz TV predictions. And now, oh, I just did that. <laughs> Nate, what do you got for us? Um, I think the mom's involved. Uh, I think they're going to do something in order to uh, secure this false conviction that happens in the 80s. I think it's going to mess him up, uh, Hayes up. Right. Uh, And I'm also really curious about what happens in the 90s because Hayes specifically says that what happens in the 90s haunts him more. More. Um, So I don't know. And in the teaser, it looks like Amelia saw... Is there with Julie? I, I don't know. I don't know. I need to watch what? that again. All right. I don't know. It it's getting weird. Late. Julie Kearley, what do you got? What's your predictions? Um, I, I mean, I agree with you. I do think the mom is involved. I think it uh, has to do with the Hoyt Foods Company and the yes. big head honcho who is off on safari. Mm. But I think there's a, uh, a larger, more powerful ring at large who is in custody of Julie. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, I think I said it earlier, that uh, clearly Eliza and Henry, not clearly, but I think Eliza and Henry are, are, are uh, rhythmically banging, as, uh, as, as Dad and Amelia were. And, uh, and I think we'll get into that later on. And um, that's all I've got. Uh, Nate, where can the young people find you? Guys, you can find me everywhere <laughs> that you can find people. At Dog Like Nate, that's Dog with two G's. <laughs> Julia Carely. I found you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram with my name, Julia Carely, J-U-L-I-A-C-E-A-R-L-E-Y. And you can find me on the Twitter at Joe Flippo, and my website is josephsanflippo.com. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world. And we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.